you for tuning in to this week's episode of Culture and Cigars. I'm your host, Demetrius Holland. Today I got a special guest with me, uh, Miss Trevor Gordon. Can you go introduce yourself? Yes, thank you so much, Demetrius. My name is Treva Gordon, and I'm so honored, I'm blessed to be a part of your, your show today. I live in Clarksville, Tennessee, originally from Detroit, Michigan. So anybody listening from Detroit, what up, though? <laughs> I said your name all wrong. That's okay. <laughs> so it's Treva, not Trevor. Treva, that's right. Okay. But I'll take either or it's okay. <laughs> okay, so tell us a little bit, uh, you know, all the things you do, tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay, thank you so much. I am a publisher. I publish a magazine. It's called The Convenient Shopper Magazine. The magazine has been in existence since 2005, so we're 12 years in the running. Also, I have a Sunday morning radio show called The Treva Show on WJZM. It's geared towards gospel music, so we've been doing that. And I am a pastor. I'm a pastor. Um, my husband is the pastor of Mile High Church, so we're doing that in the city of Clarksville. And um, I just like to be involved with things in the community. I like to reach out to people that are doing things in the community, and I love to connect people. So I, I like to think of myself as a bridge, a, a connect, a connector, if you will, uh-huh. and help bring people together. So I think that's a big part of my my calling. Okay. Uh, you talked about the convenience shopper. What was uh, can you tell us what that is? And I asked my question after that. Okay, the convenience shopper. It is an advertising publication. It's a magazine. I started in two thousand and five, and we feature local businesses, also uh, great feature stories, calendar events, and it's a free magazine that you can pick up in more than two hundred and fifty key locations throughout the city of Clarksville, Fort Campbell, Hopkinsville, and. Grove, Kentucky, and I just think it's a neat magazine. We come out every two months, and so we just came, we just released the May-June edition, and it's on stands now. Uh, You can pick it up in any of the Kroger stores, the campus of Austin Peay State University, several barbershops, and local businesses in the community. So um, this issue we're featuring a lady by the name of Carol Stevens. She's on our cover, and she is the CEO of NIA Association, and they provide disability support services in the Clarksville community. So, And also, I do contractual work for them. I do PR as an independent contractor for that company, and it's also um, a great blessing. But I love doing the magazine. Uh, it started right out of college. I graduated from Austin P in 2004. 2005 and I started that magazine in July so we've been around ever since and you know with the press business um, it's it's had its ups and it's had its downs with the print I'm sorry the print industry and so some people say well the newspapers are going to go out of you know um, they're not going to make it because everything is online and so we have put our our publication is online and so you can visit our website at C Shopper magazine.com that's c shopper magazine.com okay so uh, did your was your degree for journalism or publication great question corporate communications and marketing and it's just interesting i was in a marketing one of my classes and the instructor he was showing us 
I think we had a section on publications, and I just found it interesting. I was like, wow, that that's awesome. And so I just stepped out, and uh, I really believe it's, the, it's a vision that God gave me, and I just branched out, and here we are today. Okay. Yeah. So, because, like, uh, I noticed it, it, it helps promote businesses. So, like, you said it was a vision from God. Mm-hmm. So, like, was it something in you that was, like, you wanted to help? Uh, I don't know, is it predominantly black business or any business, but was it something in you that just wanted to support small businesses? Absolutely. I would say to support small businesses, especially our African-American or black businesses, because many times we don't get the publicity Mm -hmm. that other um, ethnicities receive. And so even me being on your radio show today, I'm honored to be here because you're helping to promote uh, people in the community. So I like to say we are a fighter for the small business. We we get to tell their story mm-hmm. to people that may necessarily, you know, you may not read it in a major newspaper or you may not see it on a major website. So I like to think we have a great part in promoting our small businesses okay. in the community. Okay. And providing networking opportunities as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, can you um, tell us a little bit about because I because I I look at your the convenience shopper and I be seeing uh, leading ladies and magnificent men. Can you tell us what that what that's about? Okay. I pre- you following? <laughs> hey. Wow. The convenience shopper magazine. We've been blessed to man. We've done it all from networking events to. Mm-hmm the leading ladies which brings us to the leading ladies and so um one day i wanted to take a break i was working like crazy so i wanted to go to lunch that day so i called three women who are in business and i asked them would they like to have lunch with me i said we're not going to talk about work we're just going to have lunch and that's it and we're going to bring a gift and just say you know how much we appreciate one another because these are not only they're working women um these women they were wives and mothers some were grandmothers and so it's just like that sounds great we're not going to talk about work that was the number one thing we couldn't do we can't talk about no work but we're going to celebrate each other so we went to lunch and it was four of us and it was such a genuine moment and it made us feel so appreciative just saying you know you're beautiful you're kind you're awesome you're you know because we don't tell ourselves that enough and sometimes we don't hear it but when people speak that into our lives it's a blessing and so we had such a wonderful time we said let's do it again and then there were 10 of us and i i'm thinking okay we're gonna go to lunch again it was never the leading ladies and then those 10 said, let's do it again. And then it began, it seemed like it was work. And that was the one thing I was trying to get away from. And so it became work for several years of conferences and conventions. And I mean, we went to Michigan, 200, 300. And I literally, I had to take a break because it can be overwhelming. And the growth of leading ladies, there are so many women who are desiring mentorship, and I think it's necessary. They're desiring um, leadership. They're desiring, you know, some are great business women, 
but they don't know how to be a wife. Mm. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Or they don't know how to balance. And so we're all about, you know, it's and one thing I can say about the leading ladies, one lady said, well, I would never join because I think you guys are, you know, are you trying to, you know, take over the men position? I said, that's not what leading ladies is about. Leading ladies is all about um, just being confident in who you are, you know, putting God first. And if anything, if you're a wife, how can you become a better wife? How can you become a better business professional? How can you display excellence in all that you do? So our whole purpose for Leading Ladies is about character development and just motivating individuals to be the best that they can be. And so that's how Leading Ladies came about. And so it's still going. Uh, this year we have not had any events, um, kind of taking a short break because mm -hmm. you have to do that. It's like you have to go back and regroup mm -hmm. because that thing was just growing and growing. And I'm like, what are you doing, Lord? I don't even understand it. It just We just wanted to have lunch. Yeah. And then when it kept growing, I'm like, well, how did I get the huge burden I, if, and it's a blessing mm -hmm. but then I found myself as now I'm the founder I'm the and so it's it's a lot and so you have to sometimes go back and regroup and you have to make sure you're prepared for that growth sometimes you aren't prepared for the growth because you're thinking we're just going to lunch yeah. I never it became something mm -hmm. with legs and started moving. I said, oh my gosh. And so they're like, what are we doing next? I don't know. We're going to do something. And then Magnificent Men came about because the guys were saying, hey, we're seeing all of these things for women. What about us? And I'm like, what about you? And like, what about us? We don't have a book. What? So I guess I became a part of that too. It was like, okay, I want to find a way for these men these awesome men, 50, to share their story. Mm -hmm. And there are so many people who are saying, when's the next book? I want to be. And I'm like, Lord, does it ever end? Yeah. You know, but I hope some people will come. You know, if I, I send a petition out there. If you're interested in coming, you have some ideas um, to help me to take it to the next level. I need some help. Mm -hmm. I will. I welcome because there are so many men, even to this day, just the other day, one guy says, how come I wasn't in the book world? There are millions of, you're a magnificent man. Yeah. There are millions of men out there, but one person can't do it all. So, uh, Magnificent Men, that's just a book. It's not like a conference like Leading Ladies. No, they want it to be. I've had men, but they said, we want you to be. I said, no. No, you... But, but I just say, Lord, I don't know what you're doing with all this. I, I wanted to do, do the, the book for the men, and I gave them the book. Mm -hmm. and now there's like, okay, we want more. I don't know about that. I'm praying on that. It's, it's a big responsibility. What do they actually want you to do? Comfort, like, really just help them all come together. Mm -hmm. Like I said, I connect people. Mm -hmm. Um to bring them together for uh, like what we do for the women. We have the conferences, we have the workshops and things like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so how, how did leading ladies go from a lunch to an actual book? Like, Wow. Um, we went to Jazz and Jokes uh, when it was there in Nashville, Tennessee, and I chartered a bus and took 50 women. It was like first come, first serve. I think we filled up 
that bus within two days like who wants to go and so they paid the registration we went to lunch and so on the way back I had an idea I'm looking around and seeing all these wonderful women I said how many of you all would be interested in sharing your story because all of us have a story now working with these leading ladies and magnificent men some of us have been broken broken divorce I've not been divorced but there are women in the book that have been divorced some have lost a child. Uh, some are entrepreneurs. Some have lost a spouse. So it's like, y'all got to tell your story. I have a story to share, too. My story that I share was losing my mother to cancer, one of the hardest things I had to go through. And I still I felt that I needed to share my story. And how did I come through such a dark time in my life? I was very close to my mother. I was young when I lost my mother. So. If I had a story to share, how about 49 others? And it was a great success. We sold a lot of books. We're still selling books. If they wanted to get the book, where can they purchase You can it? go visit TrevaGordon.com. I do have books available, 931-980-4661. It's on Amazon, Barnes & Noble. Um, we publish through Ex, Ex Libris Publishing, so they have the book nationwide. You can just search Leading Ladies, Treva Gordon, and you'll find the book. Okay. And so, like I said, the men said, hey, what about us? And so I did that. There are 50 men right now in the book called Magnificent Men. And so, and then the kids are saying, hey, I'm like, when does it end? The mothers are saying, hey, my child, what about, uh, what they say? Uh, I forgot the name, but like leading LL, leading ladies, M, Magnificent Men, and something. They already named it for the children. Something. It was something like that. Yes. It was something like that. Okay. Uh, so, um. Are them the only two books you you have wrote? Um, Leading Ladies, Magnificent Men. I, I was asked to write a. Uh, it was something I was asked to write for a gentleman that had put together a book, and it's been some years ago. I just shared um, an excerpt, a part of a chapter, and I think it was something to do with network and mark networking and marketing, but. It's been so many years ago. I don't. I've never even seen the book, so mm -hmm. I don't know if it's out there. I don't know. So do you plan on uh, writing your own book? I would love that one day. Not right now. I still feel like um, things are still coming to fruition in my life. I, I don't even, I'm 46, and I still don't feel like it's still yet time to tell my story when mm -hmm. I want to share my story. Um, I do have a great testimony um, in 2005, this time is going by, so actually 2004, um, I almost had a near-death experience after giving birth to my daughter, Robin, mm -hmm. and my story made it all the way to the 700 Club, and it's like we and told, even now, it's worldwide, and so I literally died at a hospital in Nashville when all my organs failed, and I mean, you had folks praying for me in the middle of the night. I was life flighted from Clarksville to Nashville, and my life was hung in the balance. And so, when I came through that experience, I knew, <coughs> excuse me, that God had a purpose for me. Sometimes we have to get almost to the valley mm -hmm. before we realize, even consider like, wow, Lord, what is it that you have for me to do? So I think my book one day is coming. 
I think everything is still unfolding in my life. And I've just been blessed. I've been blessed to really help a lot of people. And I think when you help other people, mm. I really believe God helps you. Yeah. So, so how did your story uh, make it to 700 Club? Yes. Well, I had been sharing it. You know, I would go into various churches and I would tell my testimony of what happened to me. And I have medical reports that can prove that it was, I literally, I mean, I was very close to death. And my records, it's just, it's a miracle how it happened. And so they got wind. Someone heard my testimony, heard my story. They contacted the 700 Club. The 700 Club called. And they said, we heard you have a testimony. Now, they said there are many people who have, you know, testimonies, but, and they say God healed them. They said they almost died. But if we cannot medically verify this in your records, then we, you know, because some people will say I almost died and it was just a headache. Mm -hmm. You know, we classify things differently. Mm -hmm. You can say, oh, I'm, I almost died today and it was your toenail that fell off. Well, does that really mean you literally died? They said, but if we can prove in your records, do we have permission to contact the hospital, ER, all these places? to see if these reports, what you're telling us, your heart, your liver. I was on a dialysis machine. They said I would be on a dialysis for the rest of my life. I'm no longer on dialysis. I mean, I'm talking about a total healing by God. They said you would be on high blood pressure, heart medication. The rest of your life, I'm taking zero medications. So they, they said, we'll call you back. I was smiling because I know what they're going to find. And so they called back in two days. And first thing they said is, we want to tell your story. Mm -hmm. And is it okay if we schedule a time for the producers to fly out from Virginia to your home and stay with you a day or two and help tell your story? I said, sure. And so they came out we, you know, they got, they did receive the um, records from the hospital. And so everything was verified. And there were even certain things that I couldn't share with them because they said they could be liable for a lawsuit if they were to um, um, televise that information. And the information was when I was on dialysis, and I'm not recommending this to anyone, but when I was on dialysis after I even was home from the hospital, I just decided I wasn't going anymore. Oh. They said, we can't tell that. Oh, yeah. We can't tell that. You'd stop high blood pressure too. We're not telling that. I said, I, but it happened. I just mm -hmm. said one day, and I had a home health nurse that was visiting for about six months. I mean, mm -hmm. I was sick after, long after too, after my daughter was born. I mean, I had physical therapists and health nurses to come in the home because I couldn't even hold my baby. So my daughter was months and I was not able to hold her, be an active parent. I was like a, I was just like a, I, I had no activity. And so depression came in. I felt like I'm not a great mother. I can't even hold my child. I'm on dialysis. I have to be driven everywhere. I cannot be left alone. It's something when you lose your independence, when you go from being a, you go from being a, an independent person, that's how my mother and father raised me, uh -huh. to totally dependent on, upon everybody. Yeah. That, I don't know if you've ever been there, but that, oof, it's rough. Because you have to depend on everyone for everything. And you're like, will I ever come out of this? So one day, I just said, I said to myself, the nurse was coming for the dialysis. I told my husband, I said, I'm not going. Mm -hmm. He said, what? I said, I'm not going. 
And I thank God he stood with me. He said, why? I said, I, I said if I'm going to die, and I'm being honest, I said, if I'm going to die, I'm just going to go. I, I, I can't keep, I can't do this no more. Because mm-hmm. I was healthy before my daughter, and all of a sudden, I'm weak. Mm-hmm. I, I can't do this no more. All this care, 24-7. Mm-hmm. This is not, I'm, I'm, I'm mid-30s. I can't do this. And so my husband said, well, if you don't want to go anymore, that's, you know, he didn't make me go. He could have been like, I'm calling. And so the doctor, the nurse came and she was knocking on the door. And I told my husband, don't let her in. And so, he, and this is just, they, what they didn't get to share on my Sandwich Club. So we didn't let her in. So she called my doctor and my doctor called me and said, you have to go. And I said, I'm not going. And I hung up the phone. And so I was just literally waiting. If I'm, I'm waiting what's going to happen to me. Mm-hmm. I really was waiting like, okay, they said I'm going to die. So I went to bed that night. So I'm probably not going to wake up. I'm thinking. Yeah. I woke up. I said, I'm feeling fine. And I did it again. And I've been waking up ever since. And I couldn't tell that story on the 700 Club. They said, oh, no, we're not sharing it. <laughs> so please go to dialysis. Do not stop dialysis. Please go. 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 I had a person. I knew a person. I'm being honest. She heard my story. That's why I'm careful. And she stopped going. She's not here. Like, that's a serious thing. Like, that's something I believe. That's like the almighty power of God comes in. That's that's something that's not your own. That's that's bigger. That's what you call a miracle. And that's why the 700 Club came, because they said, you have a miracle testimony. We heard about it. And it is true. There's records of me going to dialysis and receiving treatments. And then today, everything is fine, 100%. So, so would you say that uh, you was suicidal at that time when you got off of it, or did God tell you to get off of it? I believe my stubbornness just got off of it. I can't say I would not. Bl- I would not put that on God. That's a great question. <laughs> I just think it was me being tired. I think mm-hmm. being depressed and wanting to go home to be with the like I'm ready to go I, I can't do this so I think that was me and God said I gotta help this child because she's gonna do something that's gonna mess up everything mm-hmm. and so God came in that's a great question I never had that question asked and I, I can't say that that I cannot say God said come off of, I don't I think that was just me okay. and I believe God just was with me you know, it's a powerful testimony because the lady at the hospital in Nashville, she said, when people come to this hospital, their life flighted in. And in the late stage of toxemia that you were in, she said, the first five minutes, they die on the table just like that. Yeah. And for me to have survived that, they I mean, I had teams of physicians, neurosurgeons and heart specialists and kidney specialists and renal and all of that. And they were just like. This is a miracle. We've never seen anything like this. And so right now, the 700 Club, and this story was told several years ago, maybe in 2012. They aired it, and it's still going on. But I was at home the other day, and someone called, and they said, Treva, I am watching you. on." And it's nothing new. It's been out for years. She said, I'm watching you on television. 
in Virginia. I said, what are you doing? She said, I'm watching you. She said, the 700 Club has your story on a DVD with three other testimonies. And they're sharing it around the world. They call it the Miracles DVD. I had no idea. So whatever they're raising monies for that network, the 700 Club. I'm not receiving anything. I shared my testimony. That's what I've been through. But I did not know out of all of the testimonies that they received, mm -hmm. they only have four. And mine is still, it's like highlighted. I'm like, wow. Okay. Uh, you talked about your daughter. Uh, didn't she recently write a book like mm -hmm. last year? Yes. Now, we are a publishing company, so we can help publish books for people mm -hmm. called Gordon Publishing. And so from the inspiration from Leading Ladies, it led to me and my husband. My husband already had a publishing company going, but I didn't even realize that. I published Leading Ladies through another company, and then it just hit me. Now, the Lord said, everything you need is in the house. And mm -hmm. I'm like, what are you talking about? Your publishing company. So my daughter's book, um, we did publish her book. It's called Stop Bullying. And Robin is now 13. She's the, her, she and I, uh, my miracle, I'm 13 years uh, healed. She's 13 years old. And I really feel like my life began um, the day that I gave birth to her. So I feel like, yeah, I'm 46, but I'm really the age of my daughter because I should have been gone. I, sh I should not be here. I'm, I, the medical records, hey. They don't lie. I shouldn't be here today. But I'm 13 years alive, and I feel like I've really done so much. Because before before life, before the testimony, I didn't really have a life. It was always, you know, well, if, if this person did it, I'll do it. I was always, I'll just stand in the shadows and applaud you and cheer you on. But if you said, well, why not, why don't you do it, I didn't feel confident in myself that I could do anything. I came from a background of special education. I was in special education from the first through the sixth grade. I always say, how would you like to have the same teacher for six years starting out the gate? I was already just stamped with, you're going to fail in life. So that was hard to overcome that, the stigma, the label of you're stupid, you're dumb, you can't start a business, you can't. So after my episode with Robin and God blessed me to live, God spoke to me, you're going to start a business. He was speaking to me like I'm snapping my finger. I was like, oh my gosh, I ain't never heard God before, but I'm hearing him. It's like because when I came to life, he really gave me life. So imagine if you went from a person not doing much in life, and then all of a sudden people see you all over the place. People are going to be like, what are you doing? I don't know who you are. I didn't know who I was. I was just like, I'm excited to live. I'm excited. And then my daughter and my husband and I, we have just instilled what I didn't have instilled in me. We, is, we have instilled within our children. You want to be an author? Then write your book. Mm -hmm. You want to run track, son? Didn't do your thing on it, you know, and my thing is, you know, support your children. I don't think there are enough parents out there that pour and give back instead of trying to relive your life through them, live your own life and encourage your children. So she's an author. She's a speaker. She's a mentor. She's an actress. She's a model. And she really believes that 
you know, if, if if Philippians 4.13, like I believe I can do all things through Christ mm-hmm. who strengthens me. So I, congratulations to her. Her book is called Stop Bullying. Um, you can visit my website. She was bullied in the first grade on the school bus. I did not know she was bullied. People say, well, how can you not know your daughter? Kids don't tell you everything. Yeah. So she wrote a book about it. And she placed it in my lap. She wrote it two years ago. And she said, she ran upstairs and she had the manuscript in her hand. She said, Mama, I wrote a book. And I said, okay, I'm trying to figure out leading ladies or whatever. I'm too busy. She said, Mama, I wrote a book. And she dropped the manuscript in my lap. She ran outside and I'm still, I didn't hear her. Mm -hmm. And then I heard the Lord. It's times in my life I really do hear the Lord. And he says, didn't you hear your daughter? She said she just wrote a book. She wrote two books. And I said, what? And then I looked down. It was foreign. And there was the book from start to finish. Stop mm-hmm. Bullying and Kindness. And I oh, knew. So she got two. She got two yeah. Uh-huh. And I knew I had to do something with it. It's like, how can you not? I mean, it, it wasn't like I have an idea for a book. Mm-hmm. That would have been one thing. It's like, okay, when you get it, come see me. This book, Illustrations, Cover to Cover. Done. I'm like, when? What? How? Who? When? Mm-hmm. And she was outside playing on the jumping on the trampoline, and I went outside. And I said, Robin, I didn't know you wrote a book. She said, Yeah, I tried to tell you, mm-hmm. but it wasn't. And she wasn't thinking about. She was just saying I wrote a book, and she was happy with this is it on this paper, yeah. and it looks a mess, and I'm happy. But I knew I had to do it, and we have sold countless books. Robin has been on speaking tours. She met Trey Flowers of the New England Patriots, the Super Bowl champion. Uh, um, this year, we did a tour in Huntsville, Alabama. We plan on going to Detroit. She's been down to Georgia, and we'll be going back to Georgia, and she's speaking to children about uh, her anti-bullying campaign. So it was really bigger than the book. It's the message, and um, she is really helping a lot of young people. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm proud of her for that. Not to change the mm-hmm. subject, but how did you uh, get into writing plays? Oh, wow. Well, I've always been a playwright. Uh, growing up, it's what I did. I would, um, my mother, and God rest her soul, I would love to entertain people when they would come over. We would have, we would be that family. We were that dysfunctional family, but everybody would be at our house. I don't know if you're familiar with, you'd have that one, I don't know if you had in your home, if you always had people at your house. That's what our house was like. Everybody came to our house. And it was fun. It was really fun. I miss that. You know, our home is kind of quiet, but man, growing up, everybody, it could be Leo the drunk, it could be Margaret the the stripper, it didn't matter. They always at our house, and we were family. And so... Sometimes we would chill out in the basement and I would reenact my family's dysfunction. I would play a wino, a drunk, a, a hooker, or something. I would just imitate, it was imitating life. No. And they would laugh at themselves. I would beat kids and like, I'm beating my sister because that's the way our mama beat us. And my mother would be laughing, you are crazy. I'm like, no, that's you for real. This is you. <laughs> <laughs> so they would laugh at themselves. And it, I mean, the basements would get uh, more and more people would come. We would pack it out, and you would think we were doing shows down there. And it was just me acting with my sisters. And then I started getting involved in the church. And, you know, you have the Easter drama and the yeah. Christmas and doing that. And then I started writing. 
for the plays and start putting them on. When I moved here, I joined the military, but I, there was a church we belonged to. And I began writing plays in this small church and we began uh, doing them for the soldiers, taking them on post. And it's just always been a part of me. I love theater. I love the arts and I love acting, like really good acting and singing. You got to have, if you're going to have a play, not only do you have to have great actors, but you have to have great singers. I you can't be a bad singer in a play. So I believe it all works. Hand, and I love, I love making my audience laugh. I love for them. I love drama. And so people say, I think you get all that drama from Detroit. I have enough drama from my family history. And I write real stuff. It's funny when you watch it, but it's stuff that I have witnessed. It's like, oh, my gosh, that is crazy. No, you ain't seen crazy. You can go home to Detroit and show you crazy. So uh, how many plays have you written? <sighs> Probably like six major. Probably six major plays, but I've done countless like like skits and short plays i've done those like in churches for years so i can't even hmm. hundreds probably but like major i would say like six major uh, and uh did someone come to you like uh, let's put a play together or you was just like i'm gonna make a play every ever since my daughter mm -hmm. it's like i got a new life hmm. yeah and just you know i would always do the small one within before robin but then when Robin was born, it's like, woo! My husband's like, woo, you got to slow down. Let's do a play. I'm taking it on the road. We did shows, and it's just crazy. Ain't you also a singer, too? No. <laughs> no. I'm not adding that. I don't want to add no more. I'm good. I'm good. I, I really believe the Lord is just blessing me to do what I do because I'm not choosing to mm -hmm. do it. It's like. When I was in the hospital, I told the Lord, I saw the monitors and it didn't look good. And they said, we don't know. And I was really ill. And I remember having a t conversation with God in the hospital, in ICU. I said, God, if you allow me to live, I did this. I said, I promise you that whatever you ask me to do, I'm going to do it. And before this life, I always lied. You know, you you know, if I said I'm gonna do something for God, I wouldn't really do it. But I said I would do it for God, and I'm still doing it for God. It's like I didn't choose to do all these things, like from the magazine to the leading ladies to helping the magnificent men. To it's like, man, I have a prison. I told God one of the first things I told him is that you know I'm gonna go into prison. I didn't know anything about going into no prison. Now I have a prison ministry. I've had it for about seven years, and it is truly a blessing. It is truly, it's like one of the best things. Like of all, one it's one of the things that I really, really love. Yeah, okay. love it. So we had talked about it before we had started uh, recording, uh, mm -hmm. talked about how you got into radio. Yeah, good friend Damon King, shout out to him. Um, the Light, he met me in 2007 as I was doing my magazine and asked me to come down and help him at the station, and I did. Yeah, and been in, they said once you get in radio, it's hard to get out. Mm. Been in, been in ever since. Cause that's what I really, I really want to get into radio. Are you sure? Be careful what you <laughs> ask for. I'm yeah. serious. You sure? Yeah. Okay, it's gonna happen. So what is? You can't some, get out. What is some like? Uh, I'm trying to get out. 
<laughs> what are some uh, some advice you would give someone trying to get into that profession? I would say stay true to yourself. Mm. Like I like your show. Stay true to who you are. You know, be who you are, and because you will have a, you will you will grow a fan base of people that want to hear your show. And so if you try to do it like Steve Harvey or try to do it like you won't succeed. They are looking for authenticity and everybody who wants to listen to someone that's a carbon copy of somebody else. And so work really hard, build a great fan base. You know, I think this show is wonderful. What's the name of the show? Coach and Cigar. What's the name of the show? Coach and Cigar. Y'all got that? Come on now. And then I think this is a, like, if I could ask you a question, how, what made you want to start your own show? Well. Yeah. <laughs> well, really, nobody really asked me questions on here, but uh, I started listening to podcasts because a coworker. Uh, he told me that that's what he listened to, so I just decided wow. to check it out. And then when I started listening to different podcasts, I felt like I could do it too. So then I researched how to start one. And then it said, you got to come up with a theme or a topic. Mm -hmm. So I was like, well, you know, recently I I started smoking cigars. And mm -hmm. normally I'll be having good conversations at wow. the cigar lounge. So I said, that's what the podcast going to be. It's all right. Wow. So, man, I'm not going to turn but. Do you enjoy having your own show? Yeah, it's fun, but the thing is, I don't, I'm not really a talker. So, like, mm -hmm. after I got everything, I was like, man, I don't even like to talk. Mm -hmm. So then that was like a fear, like, how I'm going to do a podcast. And yeah. I don't really like to talk, but podcast, you got to talk. Yeah. So. You have and, and podcasts, you guys talk way more than people on radio, yeah. like because you could just go on and on. <laughs> yeah. And see, yeah. as you see, I'm a talker. Um, this part of being in radio and, and media, some people say, "Ooh, you can talk." I'm like, "Oh, I know." But yeah, that's so. Yeah, I would say just stay true to who you are and be consistent. Be consistent. Like, don't be on the air and be off the air and yeah. come back two years. I'm back on the air. Uh, uh. If you're gonna do it. You got to do it. That's yeah. Fine. Okay, so um, how do you manage all this, like your <sighs> publisher, author, Ooh. radio personality, mother, wife, speaker, evangelist? <laughs> it's just, how do you find the time to just do all this? Sometimes I do, and sometimes it's like the Energizer Bunny. You got to keep going. It's mm -hmm. like, you know, if you know your child needs food, you know, what you're going to sit down on the side of the road and say, you know, I'm too tired to provide. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like a survival. Life is all about it's a survival game. And so you're here to, I'm here to win it. I'm here to, you know, and sometimes, you know, if, if, if I'm, I'm feeling overwhelmed, that means that I need to pull back in a certain area. So you have to prioritize and categorize the things in your life and, 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 and stop adding. Don't keep adding if you can't maintain. If you can't maintain one thing, don't go add two and three things. Talking about you doing this because the Lord know, baby, you. Mm -mm. And I've been times where I've been overwhelmed because I've added that one extra. A lot of times we take on things because someone will push us. Come on, girl, because they know if I'm already doing it, they'll add on. You know, when are you going to start the children's book? Not mm -hmm. right now. Because yeah. I'm, I'm trying to maintain 
you know. And then it's just like with my family, man, they're doing all kinds of things. Like my husband said, I'm going to start a church. I said, what? Because I know we're a family. That's like, I, I can't let you out here and I got to help you. So I have to prioritize. My daughter said, I'm going to keep singing. What? I want to write more books. No, what? <laughs> Somebody who's got to help her with that? Am I going to quit on my child? No. I, I'm, so I think you have to you have to stretch yourself. You know, for anyone that's out there, you know, take it on. Don't be afraid of, of challenges and don't be afraid of the blessings that God will will place in your lap because sometimes you can you can you can lose your blessing. Because you complain about, oh, I have too much. Well, what about when you didn't have anything? Mm -hmm. And so I have to welcome it as an, a wonderful opportunity. I have to say, thank you, Lord, for choosing me. And just if, if you bless me to do all of these things, you'll give me the strength to manage them mm -hmm. and manage them well. You know, you can hire someone. You can get an assistant. You mm -hmm. can, you know, you don't have to do it all yourself. When I go to the prison, I have three, four, but I don't go by myself. to the, I can't do all that. But I have some people that will go with me to the prison. Mm -hmm. You know, like our magazine just came out. I have three other people to help distribute the magazine. I, I do. I always like to have a hands-on. You got to have a hands-on in your business. Mm -hmm. You can't just sit back and just let everybody, mm-mm. Because it'll fall apart. You got to put your hand. So I, I always have a portion of the route. And yes, I deliver magazines. You may see me out there say hi. <laughs> but I have people also that can assist me because that's too much of a route for me to do all by myself. So you, if you, ha if you can have people to help you, don't be afraid to ask for help mm -hmm. because that will help advance you to the next level. Yeah, okay. So that's how I balance. I need help. Yeah. yeah. Utilize your help, people. Utilize and stay true to what God has called you to do. And, you know, you don't do it like Sally. Don't do it like Ralph. Don't do it like Sheila. There's only one you and be who you are and you will do just fine. That's right. Okay. Uh, so um, before we close out, um, if they is your is your plays on DVDs? The last play that we did in December, that DVD, believe it or not, it should be here this weekend. And I've not, I don't even know where we'll post it to. Like the the guy who put it together says, so I should have the DVD this weekend. So I guess you can follow TrevaGordon.com. I'm on Facebook, everybody, Instagram, Treva Gordon. Hit me up on Facebook, and I'm sure we'll have the information um for the play. The, some of the other plays that I've done, I was not very, I do have those DVDs, but I was not pleased with maybe sound quality, different things that uh, I just did maybe the lighting was really bad or something, a technical difficulty. So I chose not to put release those because when you release something, that's a reflection of you. Yeah. And what if Tyler Perry gets that DVD or I'm just saying who, then it, it, it might Calls me to, it could be a hit or miss situation. So um, I, I want to put out something that's excellent and of quality. So hopefully if this one is good and I see it, I like it, it will be released. Okay. Uh, so, uh, I, but I think, do you got like, I think you at your friend limit on Facebook. I am, but I can delete somebody. <laughs> I, I, I'll add you. Yeah, I am at my friend Bennett, my friend, but I always delete people, people I don't know. Like if they've not been in touch with me and 
I know they're just on there. I just delete them and add because now it's like I like great connections like yourself. It's like, oh yeah, I, okay, we'll be Facebook friends because you know sometimes you know you got to move out the old to make room for the new, mm -hmm. and there may be some blessings in the new uh, relationships to come. So you know, I I don't mind deleting to add. And someone said, well, why don't you? People always have suggestions. Why don't you start another Facebook? That's more work. Yeah. Isn't it a lot of work to maintain your social media? Mm. I don't have a person. Like, I inboxed a person, and they probably have 250 friends. And they were like, well, this is so-and-so. I'm their assistant managing. And I'm like, really? Are you serious? <laughs> you don't have, like, 200 friends? Uh, I, no, it's just me. If you inbox me, I will message you back. I am on Facebook, but I am not starting a second page. I will. I have people in Ghana that is, you know, with the 700 Club, it's amazing because I've had people send me friend requests all over the world. And, you know, I've had people from Ghana, Africa, Nigeria, different places say, I watched your testimony. My wife died of toxemia and I'm having to, I'm like, wow, you know, your wife died? Yes, my wife died from giving birth so you know that's a serious thing like mm -hmm. ladies you know y'all are strong you know we're strong to be able to give natural birth you know to our children some make it and some really don't and I was that percent that small percentage that shouldn't have made it it's no way when everything started failing God saw fit he saw this radio show interview he's like no you got to be there for that and I'm like what you got to be there so yeah I'm here I appreciate you having me right, thank you for coming on uh, normally I like to end like with words of encouragement it could be general and it could be in general it could be to someone in radio someone trying to write a book someone any words of encouragement for anybody well I just want to say, y'all keep doing it. Do you know? Be who God wants you to be. Don't change for nothing. You go. You will encounter some haters all along the way. People that don't like you, and you know they'll say some bad things about you. But don't let that stop you. I I, I was at the Greenway the other day, and I share with the young lady. I said, you know, if you allow your haters to shut you down, then they have won. And, you know, everyone, if you're doing anything positive, you're going to have that. So don't let that be a deterrent factor to keep you from achieving your goal. The only person that can quit on you is you quitting on you. So, I mean, you got all these other people that's going to quit on you all day long. But just make sure you don't quit on you. I don't care. So what if you got a podcast? You may have one person listening. You have may have a million. Treat that one like it's the million. Mm -hmm. Treat that, you know, don't go by, well, we don't have a mega church. I'm going to treat the members of our church amazing as if we have 10,000 members at our church. So don't let numbers defy you. Just keep being the person that you are, believe in your dreams. I don't care what age you are. I'm still pushing. I have not arrived. I'll know when I when I when I get there I'll come back on the show and say listen y'all I made it I made it but you know I think we all need something in life you know you could be LeBron James he's still trying to get to something he may have rings or whatever he has but there are some things in his life that maybe he has not accomplished yet right and so I'm I'm still striving that book 
I haven't told it yet. That song, I have not sung my best song. I went skydiving two years ago. I always said I wanted to do it. In my life now, I'm facing my fears. I'm facing my fears. I'm facing, maybe I'll climb Mount Everest one day. Maybe that's what I really, I'll figure it out. And then I'll come back if you'll have me and tell y'all all about it. So that's all I have. All right. Thank you. Uh, can you uh, once again tell them if they want to uh, get any of the things that you put out. I appreciate that. Uh, yes, you can. My name is Treva Gordon. I'm in Clarksville, Tennessee. You can hit me up on Facebook. My website is trevagordon.com. The magazine is cshoppermagazine.com. Um, I'm on Instagram, LinkedIn, all of those things. Treva, T-R-E-V-A, Gordon. You can hit me up for um, the book, Leading Ladies or Magnificent Men. Robin's book, Stop Bullying. I do manage her. Um, I had to take over her part because she's got her own stuff going. Then Mile High Church, we're located inside the Kenwood High School. Our service begins at 9.30 a.m. on Sunday mornings. And I think that is about it. If you've enjoyed uh, listening to this uh, podcast, definitely send me a message on Facebook, Instagram. Send me an email, something, trevagordon1 at gmail.com. Let me know that you enjoyed listening to um, my uh, conversation with uh, Demetrius today. All right. Thank you. Uh for coming on the show. This I'm is sure. a great show. Yeah. I'm going to have to write about this in my magazine. Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. I got you. All right. Thank you. Uh, thank you for tuning in to this episode of Culture and Cigars. You can subscribe on SoundCloud, Google Play, iTunes, as well as other platforms. Uh, leave a comment. Rate it. Uh, thank you for your support. Thank you for everyone that's been following me thus far. And we're doing it for the culture.